0: All right, then, welcome to the show, Dax Hammond. Really excited to talk to you about AI and its implications for the future. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your company, FOMO AI?
1: Yes, yeah, certainly. Thanks for having me on. So as you mentioned, founder of FOMO.ai, you know, I called it that because I think at the moment when we sit recording this at the end of 2023, there's a lot of hype around AI but what's real, what's not, you know, a lot of business owners and even individuals are sitting there thinking, am I missing out? Should I be doing more than I'm doing? Are my competitors doing a lot of stuff? What's happening with this stuff? And so uh, FOMO, that fear of missing out, I think, is is one of the primary feelings people have about this today. And um, prior to this, briefly, um, used to build ad agencies. If you've seen the Mad Men show, that used to be my world. Uh, doing everything from you know American Express and Virgin Atlantic and Hilton and people like that and it used to be a lot of fun. But I uh, I enjoyed a lot of that in my twenties and thirties when you've got the the long days and the constant adrenaline. And now I'm a little bit older than that. It's uh, I'm glad to have my ad agency days be uh, behind me. Originally from England, live in Denver. Um, lots and lots of kids.
0: All right, so. Tell me about how you got interested in AI, and so your company, FOMO AI, is. tell me what that is and how you got started in that industry.
1: So what FOMO.ai does is really two things. One side is what we call co-pilots, and they are for the people who are happy to do a lot of these things themselves, right? If you own a business, there's a lot of people like you with your podcast, you're quite happy to use a lot of the tools yourself. But oftentimes you need to go learn how to do them or it helps to have somebody guiding you or somebody available to answer questions and so our co-pilots are pre-made ai tools that people can copy and paste into their business and it you know means they now don't need to worry about their social media they now don't need to worry about their content marketing right ai can take care of that for them the other side of the business is a bit more like my agency days um great example today i'm embedding with a big national realtor group for a few hours and we're going to go in and we're going to see how their business operates today. And we're going to figure out five ways in which we can save them a hell of a lot of time by installing AI into that business. And so one side of its copilots really designed for those sort of guided DIY people. And then the other side is sort of full service. Let's figure out how to get AI in your business in a in a really, really great way. I got into this because uh, I've always been fascinated in tech. I'm not a tech guy. I learned a little bit of coding when I was 20, but I've I've never been a, a coder or an engineer, but I have always been around technology and tech companies. And I'm just fascinated by it. I was always the kid, you know, this will age me, but I was always the kid that would get the screwdriver out and take the VHS player apart just to see what it looked like on the inside. And, when AI started to emerge a couple of years ago and then hit mainstream in January, a lot of things just came together for me. I had a little bit of time trying to figure out what I was going to do next. I'd just come off the back of a big three-year consultancy gig. I uh, had the knowledge and I found a couple of great co-founders. And so uh, what I call smart luck really happened. And smart luck is when you know any of us that have had any degree of success, we've been lucky. Right, even if that luck might not be something specific landed in your lap, that luck might be you were born in the right place, in the right country, and got an education. Right, whatever the luck is, um, those of us that have uh, that have had it, um, it's uh, anybody who says they haven't had a lot of success without uh with being lucky is 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 wrong. Um, smart luck is when that luck comes along and you can recognize it and then you can just jump on it and do something with it. And so I recognized as AI came along and went mainstream that uh I I had the knowledge, I had the skills and the passion for it and it was the right timing for me in my life so uh, fomo.ai came out of the uh came out of the ether around March of this year.
0: So you mentioned that there is a lot of hype around AI and there's also a lot of hesitancy around AI, I think a lot of people are wary, is AI going to take my job? Is mm-hmm. AI going to, you know, put me out of business? So what do you think about the whole current situation about how AI is talked about right now in the current zeitgeist?
1: We should be worried. But I yeah. I will tell you something that I think is the most important thing I can say today, which is, it is not AI that is gonna take the jobs and destroy the companies. It is the people using AI that are gonna take the jobs from the other people and, and break the companies, right? We are years away from a science fiction AI. We are today in a world where a lot of jobs that are being done Manually by humans today won't need to be done manually by humans today. Marketing is an easy one to talk about. Social media management. Nobody had the job title 20 years ago, social media manager. It didn't exist. It won't exist in a few years' time. It's as simple as that. Um, The AI is already, for a lot of businesses, perfectly good enough to make a, a month's worth of social media content in 20 minutes um for other brands you know if you're if you're american airlines sure it's not going to replace your social media right now because that has to be really rich and detailed and it has videos on planes and interviews with people walking through airports all sorts of crazy things right real life stuff that stuff's going to survive a lot longer and it should it's high quality content that somebody's put a lot of time and effort into making most of the crap social media that companies put out online that's easily replaced and elevated with better social media content because of because of ai so it's the people using it today that are going to take the jobs from the people who are not what does that look like long term you know i have never worked in an industry that has changed this fast when I started in ad, ad agency world, it was about 2001, 2002. We'd already had the 99.com bubble crash, or it was happening about then. Um, and when the internet really started and the World Wide Web's that sort of visual layer on top it, the difference is is important for this. You know, big changes happened every three years. We had all those browser wars, Netscape, Microsoft, whoever. Um, and then it sped up a little bit and big changes happened every year or so, and then we got into what's called programmatic advertising, whole separate topic, but it's where advertising online really accelerated in its capabilities, and big change happened every six months or so. With this, with people like OpenAI, with Google Bard, it's, it's wild. I mean, some things that you get your head around are different a week later. OpenAI... Probably most people heard of them in January of 2023. Um, As recent as two weeks ago, in November 23, they did their developer conference, and the progress they've made is mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. So the speed of this is crazy. There are, thankfully, though, so many free online courses. Um, Google really pioneers in this space, but... Um, There are others where anybody can go sit down and get their head around some of the basics of this this AI stuff. And I think everybody in almost every single industry should recognize that AI is going to have a big impact on their, their job title, their job role in the future. And the way to survive it for longer is to be the person embracing and trying to use the AI in their job. Rather than the person that's going to put their head in the sand and say, yeah, this isn't for me. I'm going to fight this. I'm going to stubbornly do my job in the way it's been done forever and ever and ever. Right. And the outcome is a lot of jobs are going to look different. And sadly, a lot of jobs just aren't going to exist and people are going to have to pivot
0: somehow. Do you think maybe we're moving too fast with this A.I.? I know Elon Musk a while back was saying that there should be a a pause or a, a moratorium on this whole AI thing. And it looks like nobody really kind of listened to him on that. Do you think we should have a sort of a pause on this or?
1: In an ideal world where people engage in intellectual conversation and debate and in an ideal world where people are willing to listen to other people and come together particularly across different countries yeah we should be thinking about what we're doing that's that's not that's not the world we live in um and therefore now the capability is understood and everybody knows how to make this stuff there's no there's no stopping it because you know i I've I've dual citizenship American and England so let's just take those two countries. America and England can't just say let's pause, let's slow down, let's stop and think about this because you know China, Israel, Australia, France, all of Europe, right? Everybody is figuring out this AI stuff. So there's no there's no real slowing down. Um I will say irrelevant of any of your listeners' politics, because I don't care about which party's in power, all right? I'm, I'm, I'm interested enough that I can like and hate policies by whichever party's in power, right? I will say, taking all the politics out of who's who, I think Biden did a good job by putting in that executive order a few weeks ago that said, here are, I think it was 10 rules that we have to really start to embrace around AI. And one of those is, we have to have a team that goes and looks at AI before it's released into the world.
0: I didn't know he did <laughs> that, honestly. I'm, I'm going to have to look okay. that up.
1: Signed into order, these rules, um, guidances, um, and some of them are interesting. One of them, for instance, is if you are a company putting out a new type of AI model, it should be vetted and looked at and verified by a you know group of people to make sure it's not scary sci-fi type AI, but also basic things like content that is made by AI, you should have to publicly state it was made by AI and not a human. Fascinating stuff, right? And the implications of any rule like this in some move something moving so fast, there'll be very positive implications and there'll be pretty crappy implications. That's just the nature of such a fast moving industry. So, no, I I don't think there's really any slowing down because we don't live in a world where people will do that right. Um I w- I will say, you know, we you and I are talking like there are zeitgeisters and saying this is AI. Is it AI, right? AI, artificial intelligence? It's certainly not, as I mentioned before, the sci-fi AI. It's really, for anybody who's ever heard any of these sorts of terms before, it's really just better machine learning, right? So what does that mean? It means we've programmed a computer, for want of a lazy phrase, um, lots of them, to absorb a massive amount of information, essentially pretty much everything ever written by the human race. And it is predicting what it should output um, when it does it. So it's not AI in the way you might think about it, it's just really, really competent um, uh, calculating computer that can generate outputs that that do some sort of job. Um, two, three years from now, maybe a little bit longer, we'll probably be at the point of AI where it's a bit scary. And ideally, we'd be doing that with more checks in place. It's not going to happen.
0: So you said you think in two or three years, that's when we'll have that sci-fi ai what will signify to you that we're at that point what would that ai be able to do that it can't do right now
1: two to three years i think is feasible certainly within 10 so what will it do there is a test that was developed a long time ago the turing test and turing is um look him up um if
0: you're not familiar, T-U-R-I-N-G, fascinating I guy. I think I'm familiar. He, uh, he worked with Britain during World War II, the Enigma code or something like that.
1: That's right, yeah, helping yeah. crack the Enigma machine. And to do that was essentially the inventor of the modern-day computer. Hmm. Um, The Turing test named after him was this idea of how would we ever know if something was sentient, if it was this sci-fi type AI? And the idea was you would talk to whatever it was without knowing whether you were talking to a human or talking to a machine. And based on that conversation and the way it answered your questions, if it passed the test of this could easily be a human, right? It was sentient or it was suddenly sci-fi type AI. We've surpassed that Turing test easily now to the point that 18 months or so ago, an engineer at Google who'd been working on Google's AI resigned and said, Google had accidentally created sentient AI and it shouldn't be allowed out into the world. And also we should go to court and decide if it was a living being and has rights. As it turned out, that was not the point we were at. It was just really, really good at answering questions in a a human-like format. How will we know... um, I think one of the most interesting things on the table today is we don't know how we will know, I think Mm -hmm. is a very real problem that that industry is facing today.
0: That's wild. So let's uh, bring it back to uh, business. You said that the way a lot of businesses are going to fundamentally change in how they use AI and I know you you said how social media marketers that job is going to disappear. What are some other fields that are going to fundamentally change and what are some jobs that you think are going to disappear entirely?
1: The answer's scary. I warn you the answer is scary. Um scare me. I'm a, I want to be you know, scared. One of the one of the things OpenAI released the other week was really good human voices and i think in the not too distant future human call centers are done oh yeah just done i i don't think you'll need warehouses full of people outbound or inbound calling i just don't think it's going to happen um
0: in fact i want to speak on that i i have experience working at call centers yeah and um I would say my last time working at call centers, maybe like five, seven years ago. And even then I was like, you know, a computer could do this job. And I saw an advertisement on Instagram. I wish I could remember this product, but it was an AI, what do you call it? Cold call service. And it, it had an example. It was cold calling people. And I was like, wow, it's doing a better job than a human. And it sounds like a human. Yeah. So, Yeah. yeah i mean that's
1: that's a real one um i think a lot of um uh, a lot of marketing jobs i think for a lot of companies you know most marketing is pretty boring and vanilla right look at most companies social media articles blog posts whatever it's not great um not great marketing is already easily replaceable um really great marketing will take a little longer to replace. Um, Anything that requires something physical right now, um, you know, laying a road, I don't think that's going away in the near term, but I do think that even will be supplemented by the yeah. use of better machine learning, better AI, right? So yes, there is an answer to the question of what jobs are going away, and it's a long, 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 long list. There is also very few jobs, if any, that won't be impacted positively or negatively by AI. I mean, as we're recording this, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. He did a podcast interview and it was on a bit of a topic he only loosely knew. And so he had his phone up on his laptop screen with the AI open, listening to every question the host asked him and automatically feeding him bullet points to answer. Wow! Right. I mean, uh, that's wild. Very innovative and wild. I also though really like to think about some of the positives. You know, AI will have an incredible impact on education. Um, it will it will help people who are disadvantaged in life. So, great example. I think in the not too distant future, people with visual impairments will wear a very small device, which is essentially just a constant streaming camera. And today, if you have visual impairments, you can watch TV with an audio track that describes what's happening on the screen. I think that will happen for life, right? I think uh, someone with a visual impairment will be able to sit outside a a cafe and drink a coffee and enjoy the experience like a, a fully seeing person can because this thing in their ear will say to them, you know, it's a sunny day. There's people walking around in front of you um you know whatever that sort of life experience might be it will enrich their lives um and that's a wonderful that's a wonderful thing um play this out though an hour again i won't pick on any nation i'll i'll pick on both my nations america and england Mm -hmm. the way these countries operate today will not be the way they can operate 15 20 years from now because there won't be the work um taking politics out of it universal basic income will have to exist otherwise there will be mass poverty um we will move to a point where the current financial structures the current business structures um corporations um welfare like everything you think about as fabric parts of society today will have to change and when we look at countries in Scandinavia, Sweden, Finland, Norway, Denmark, they have been so far ahead of America and England in in many ways in thinking about how their society operates. And some of them, like Norway, have had a lot of lucky breaks. They They found more lithium in their country than anybody else. And now they've just found a lot more oil off their coast than a lot of other people. So small nation, not many people and lots and lots of money. That's a nice position to be in um but they've already been experimenting with things like universal basic income and a societal structure where you've got great healthcare for free and great education for free uh, that's what nations have to become otherwise nations aren't going to survive because what do you do when 200 million people there is no employment for them because it's been replaced
0: there are a lot of questions that are going to need answered the ubi thing Honestly, I, I'm I don't ever see that happening in America. You know, I could be wrong. Though I look at America right now, places like California, maybe also in Colorado, there's massive homelessness. And it seems like nobody's really doing anything about it. And I, I think that the the system we have here in America, you know, I just can't see them giving out free money, you know. But not, some not, it, not in the that. next
1: decade, no. But I but I will tell you that you know, I think growing up in England, I think we are maybe we see on a day to day basis our history. More than I think a lot of us here in America get a chance to see our history play out, right? Like in England, if you walk around London, you can't walk from one meeting to another without tripping over a palace, right? It is just there in your face all the time. And the British Empire, you know, thousand plus year endeavor. And there are so many times throughout the British Empire, the Ottoman Empire, the Roman Empire, like every empire, America just happens to be the current empire. It won't be, but it happens to be at the moment. Um, These empires get to a certain point and they fail because of size, because people get bored, whatever it might be. And every one of those empires and the people in it sat there thinking, I can't ever imagine us doing that. Right. Whilst the empire stands, that's never going to happen. Whilst this empire of capitalist structures that work just about today in the West, whilst they stand, absolutely, I'm with you. UBI is not happening. When it fails, when Europe starts to break up, when maybe the 50 states in, in the US break up, And look, I'm not making political statements here. I'm just sort of having a little bit of fun of, hey, let's play out what happens in a world when 200 million people uh, all have AI in their pocket and nobody has a job, right? That's an interesting thought experiment of, well, clearly something has to be different, right? Um, When those things happen, then obviously mass change can occur. You get a very different power structure. You get very different types of people leading a, a society. And so then other things that we could never have imagined become become true so yeah i'm with you next decade ubi not happening in any meaningful way and some of the experiments in california are utterly disastrous utterly utterly disastrous um you put enough pressure on the system to break the system anything becomes possible
0: you said the experiments in california i didn't know they were doing any experiments in california what exactly is happening out there and I'm I'm assuming based on you, what you said the outcomes haven't been great.
1: Um you know we're drifting outside an area that I really consider myself to be an gotcha. expert but but I will tell you just generally what I was referring to was you know formal or informal experiments to your point you mentioned San Francisco and the homelessness right I I had the pleasure mm-hmm. of living a couple of times in San Francisco and I was back there for a friend's funeral not so long ago and now it's like it's 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 an awful situation you know I'll let the media add the the adjectives to it but i i was very sad to see what was happening to a lot of people and when i refer to experiments really what i'm thinking of is we're lucky in some ways in this country that we almost have 51 different types of politics happening right because each of the states obviously gets to have their own independence and, and law setting and then we have the federal system right Mm -hmm. And clearly, whatever California have been trying for the last period of years has not worked in lots of ways. It's worked from the point of view of Silicon Valley thrived for a long time. As a nation, we created a lot of laws that allowed a lot of people to invest time and energy and, and human capital into inventing new things that gave America a lot of power and a lot of money. Right, So there are some things that worked. Um, but when you look at the human cost in, in some of these cities, that's that's a terrible thing. And that's what I mean, right? Like San Francisco is clearly broken. I'm not the guy who can sit here intellectually and talk about how you fix that system. That's, that's not my knowledge set. But it's broken enough I know that they're going to do something drastic just like they did in New York. So that's a broken system that has to change. So things will be done in San Francisco that you and I two years ago probably could never have imagined would happen in San Francisco. And now they're going to have to happen. And that's what I mean. You put enough pressure on a system, whether it's as small as San Francisco or as big as the United States or England, everything's on the table.
0: Yeah, we're definitely on the cusp of great change so let me ask you this. Let's say there was a young man, right? He just turned 18 and he's trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life, what he should, if he should go to college. And if so what he should major in. And he knows that all of this great change is about to happen in the next couple of decades. What advice would you give to him? It's
1: such a, such an important question. And I have kids that, um, two at 20 years old in college in England, um, 17 and 16. And the question's on my mind. I, I will tell you that my twins in England, they, huh, during their teenage years, as uh, um, any parents listening will know, you worry about your kids constantly and for all sorts of different reasons. During their teenage years, one of them always wanted to do things in art, art therapy, stuff like that. And the other one was always into maths and science. I was born in 77 in England. And so I was raised where people generally rightfully or wrongfully thought if you were into maths and science, that was better than being into art and philosophy, for instance. Um, So I worried less about my kid who was the math science nerd and in fact, they're doing theoretical physics at university. I mean, holy cow. Um, and I would worry more about their brother who wanted to do art therapy, right? Because I saw a maths and science future as probably more likely to earn them a living for the rest of their lives. I think within a couple of years, that's reversed. Mm. The AI is going to do the maths. I mean, it's, a, it's that's as simple as that. For a little while, there's a window where lots of people who can do math are needed because they're programming the AI that's ultimately going to do the math. I worry far less now about the one who's doing art therapy because that is a human one-to-one contact thing where they will work with a lot of nonverbal autistic children and adults using things like art to get them to engage and, and help them have a, um, a fulfilling communicative life. So that's changed dramatically. Um, college or not, separate big question, and I'm I'm very torn on that. Um, I, you know, in England, it's nine thousand pounds, about eleven thousand dollars a year, fixed. There's no sort of private university versus public university. We have our universities, and they're all old enough to grow ivy on them. Um, so. Education in England, three years to get a degree, not for $11,000 a year fixed. It is a lot more affordable than crazy college prices in the United States. And I would say if somebody's in a situation where they're not going to get a lot of family financial help, I question whether college adds any real value. I interview so many people for, for jobs and things and People are coming out of four-year degrees basically having learned almost nothing over somebody who's coming out of high school. Maybe a bit more life experience, but not a hell of a lot else, right? Would they be in a better position if they'd gone and got a job for six to 10 months and learned some skills and learned how to get up in the morning and go to work and show up and grind and, and do the job well and do it as well as they can? Yeah, they'd be in a much better position. So standard college, I think for a lot of jobs, probably not worth it anymore. The great thing is so much education is online for free now. You can take virtually all the classes or at least the quantity of classes from a Harvard, a Yale, a Stanford, wherever, right? Any university puts out so much conf- content online. You can go find and take these classes. Sure, Harvard's not going to suddenly write you a certificate, but it doesn't matter, right? You can learn the topic. Um, but more importantly, all this new stuff. AI, AI in marketing, AI in business, um, basic, basic, basic programming and engineering. It's all free education. And the only thing you have to do to get it is put the time in to do it. So that's what I'd be doing as an 18-year-old. And that's what I encourage my kids to do is go find a bunch of these free things and go do them and go do as many as you can because look, it's it's uh, Darwinism in action, right? If there's If we're suddenly going to have this situation where a lot more people are going for a lot fewer jobs i would absolutely want my kids to be one of the people going for those jobs that has a bunch of ai experience on their on their resume because they're going to get the job over the people who have none
0: so you mentioned these online resources off the top of your head do you know any
1: yeah um definitely go to google um, not as in just like search on Google, but Google has a whole bunch of um, learning material. And it's it's absolutely fantastic. There's also programs, LinkedIn Learning um, and Masterclass, people like that. They're paid ones, but I believe a lot of them have free options for students. Microsoft is putting out a massive amount of, of free online education around AI. Um, you can absolutely learn basic programming, software engineering um, for free. And actually, you know, that's an interesting one because I mentioned before I was born in 77. And so people my age are being referred to as probably as technologically capable as society's going to get. And the reason for that is we grew up sometimes with personal computers in our house or at least access to them. Right. We had a way to know they existed. If we didn't have one, somebody had one. Right. Like TV coming about in the 40s and 50s. Um and we used to take apart the vhs players and we used to have to do th- learn things more to play basic things right computer games as they were then required a bit of screwing around to get them up and running and working now i look at my teenagers and they they wouldn't even know where to start with a with a computer or so many of those things we knew so their actual technological capability. That ability to tinker and think about how technology works has actually gone and decreased. Um, and the same thing a bit with software engineering is what we'll see. It will help, like it helps me to have had that tinkering to know how to think about it. the emergence of AI. Um, it will help people to know how things like software engineering works. Two, three years from now, will anybody need to be a software engineer in the way they are today? No. But if you understand the foundations, you're ready for the next step more than other people are.
0: Do you think that this whole AI revolution is going to cause a dumbing down of humanity? For example, you mentioned about how mathematicians, they're going to be needed to code the AI, but eventually they're no longer going to be needed anymore. So eventually there will be less people going into the math and science do you feel that that would be have negative consequences for society?
1: So I'm going to answer that in two parts. First, I would say the way we educate people today is, is a nonsensical, irrelevant way to educate people. We drill kids on facts, right? They have access to every fact in the world right they don't necessarily need to be learning books and books and books of facts i could still probably tell you today from my childhood in england dates some of the kings and queens were born right like what nonsense i don't need that in my brain um what we need to be teaching kids is reasoning debate conversation right um being nice to each other would be a big help. How to do their damn taxes, right? How do you graduate high school knowing how to do a little bit of calculus and don't know how to do taxes, right? Like what nonsense. Yeah. So the education today doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Um, Will it dumb us down? I think people will learn less things that we rate intelligence on today. So if you were to have a conversation with somebody 10, 15 years from now, would you feel like they were dumber because they don't know some of the things you know now? You might make that judgment call. Are they dumber? Maybe not. Maybe they just don't have to learn in the same way or learn the exact same things. I worry we're getting dumber anyway. Um, And I think your question is right, though. I think there is a real chance that the laziness uh, will kick in, and we will just grab on to the tech and not worry so much about what we have to know and know and learn.
0: Yeah, it's a, uh, it's definitely an interesting time, a scary time, but also interesting time to be alive. So, um, I want to learn more about your actual company and what your hopes are and what you hope to achieve uh, with FOMO AI.
1: So I, um, a bunch of years ago, I set myself a few goals and and ideas and my kids have been lucky that they've traveled a bunch. And just like I left England and my mom doesn't get to see me as much as I'm sure she'd like to see me. I think it'll probably be the same. My kids, I don't know where they're going to go live. I don't know what their lives are going to look like they're half south african my ex-wife their mom is is south african um so i set myself a goal of to what degree could i separate my location from my income right i wanted to be geographically independent of 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 how i made my money and so um fomo Having your own company certainly makes that easier if it's something like this where it's online. So FOMO.ai is is a fun one for that. Um, but the other thing I really wanted to do was I wanted to help as many business owners and people as I could. It's it's just in me, right? My mom was a nurse, maybe that's where I get it from. I don't know. But I just have this this itch of I love to teach people, I love to help people, I love to see other people thrive and so one of the big hopes for fomo.ai is i want to be in the ai game because if i'm in it i can help guide it even if it's to the teeniest tiniest degree and so one of my hopes is how do i get lots and lots of people familiar with ai right how do i create that how do i how do i reduce the gap Between the haves and the have nots, right? When the internet first came about, you'll probably know the term digital divide, right? And digital divide at the time was most commonly referred to the fact that African Americans in the United States typically had a lot less access to the internet. And when all of these government services started going online, we unfortunately isolated people more. Right? People who had the access benefited more and people who had less access benefited less. We had the exact opposite effect on what we were trying to do. AI is going to be the same. So if I can democratize AI, if I can make it affordable, accessible, reliable, effective for a small business owner to compete in the world against the big businesses, great. That feels pretty good. Right? If I can then use some of those resources to go back to my hometown in England, for instance, some of your listeners might know it Blackpool Blackpool today, big tourist town, but it's it's impoverished in comparison to where it used to be or take a you know a Detroit or ironically even you know parts of California now, if I can go back there with those fomo.ai resources and I can say I'm in town two weeks, me and my team are providing you know two sessions a day of free education for 14 days. You don't have to pay anything? right? Come take a class in AI and off you go into the world, right? That feels great. So that's a goal of FOMO.ai is how do I use the resources I generate to then put more and more knowledge of AI into the hands of people who I don't think normally would have access to it or or the time in life with two jobs to try and wrap their heads around it. I will say the way all that works is you know, commercially, I, I really want to have um, a goal is to have two and a half thousand companies using our co-pilots. Um, that generates a lot of revenue and will allow me to do some of those things. And those co-pilots, as we talked about at the beginning, are like the copy and paste DIY tools that will do marketing for them. That feels pretty good. And then the other side of it, like this business I'm going into today, that's fun, right? I can go into that business and they're a, they're a big company, but they're not a huge corporation. Um, That feels pretty fun. And, and, and uh, um, uh, you know, like we're going to do some good stuff there. So that's, that's the commercial side of it. In addition to the, the nice stuff of how many people can we help?
0: Sounds like a noble endeavor. I have two questions and then we'll wrap it up. So let's say Joe Biden came to you and he said, I need some advice on this AI thing, you know, I already passed these 10 rules about AI, but is there something that we've left out? Is there something that you think we should do in order to regulate AI? And whatever you say, I'll do it. What would you tell them?
1: That's such a good question. Um, I... In, if if that really were to happen I would probably say I would love to be part of that conversation but definitely don't ask one person for that for that answer <laughs> um this like we had Reagan and the space race um we had the birth of the internet we had um medical development races one triggered by covid right we invented a whole bunch of stuff in covid that didn't exist before um. I think I would want to make sure that as a country, as individual states, we are putting a stake in the ground and saying this is another revolution. The impact of this will be as big as the invention of electricity. Like, no joke. It is as big as that. And we should... Be doing what can be done around regulation and safety checks, but not necessarily through laws, because I think they'll largely get ignored, but through frameworks and ideologies and things. But I would want to make sure we are taking it seriously and saying, this is going to change everything. Let's get some smart people thinking about what this looks like 5, 10, 20 years from now. And let's put as much investment in people as we can to go do a whole bunch of smart stuff in this area let's decide as a nation that we are going to be the best in the damn world at this and our education level and knowledge level about ai in the general population is going to be higher than any other nation in the world that feels like a big idea that on a global scale because that's where we compete right it's not it's not you know at, at the local level Um, that's how we, we make sure we're still a relevant nation and somewhat empiric in 10 years from now.
0: All right. I like it. So where can people go to learn more about you and also, uh, FOMO AI?
1: So, uh, the name is also our domain. So FOMO, F-O-M-O dot AI is our website. I'm always happy to answer people's questions and my email is daxdax D-A-X, at fomo.ai I'm quite happy to put that out there and you know if people have thoughts have questions, people disagree with what I'm saying, great I love it right it just it just progresses as all. Well. So I'm very happy for uh, for people to um uh, to reach out business owners that are listening what you really need is copilot.fomo.ai. And uh, that's the stuff that you can copy and paste into your business and, and make sure your business is still relevant a few years from now. Um, and then I just cannot emphasize enough. Anybody who's listening, I don't care what your job is today, even if it's through TikTok or Insta Reels or whatever, go, go just get familiar with this AI stuff. Um, everyone's heard probably by now of OpenAI and ChatGPT and there are free versions of it. But actually where you can go and start playing with this in fun ways is, is Google's version. Um, they have barred B A R D dot Google.com. And Bard is a new way of interacting with things that feel like AI. And I'll give you a great example. Um, I was working out of somewhere the other day and and part of their, um, their office, there's a, there's a bar and you know, they turn it into a cocktail thing at night and I was showing their manager. I took a picture on my phone with Bard, which is free, of all of the bottles on their shelf. And I, with that photo, typed a message to Bard saying, um, this is all the alcohol that we've got in stock. Create me a cocktail list of 10 new drinks that will maximize my profit margin and will get people really excited about the drinks that I serve. 30 seconds later, I had a new menu of 10 cocktails with the recipes, with the ingredients and why they would be best for profit margin and engaging my audience. You can use this in almost every single job right now. Just start playing with it because if you play with it, if you get familiar with it, you start to enjoy it, you're much more likely to start to find ways and think of ways to embrace it and bring it into your work and if you're doing a job right now and you can go to your bosses and say, this is how this job's done today, and I've been playing with this thing, and you know I've sort of got this idea, you're probably going to be the person, hopefully, if it's a good boss, you're probably going to be the person they want to stick around for a lot longer if you happen to be in an industry that is under threat from AI.
0: Hey, this has been a really uh, educational conversation. I really learned a lot. And I feel that uh, my listeners will, too. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah, this has been great. You any last words you want to add before we go?
1: Just uh, just great job, Isaac. This has been uh, one of the most fun conversations I've had for for a long time. Some really, really, really good questions and, and thinking. So uh,
0: thanks very much for having me on. Hey, no problem. You have a nice day. Hey, sorry to interrupt. But are you looking to reach a dynamic and engaged audience of curious minds? Well, look no further. Bright Brains Podcast is the perfect platform to showcase your business or product. You'll be able to reach a diverse and intelligent audience and engage with listeners passionate about personal development, technology, and more. Elevate your brand through thought-provoking discussions. Don't miss this opportunity to promote your business on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the market. Contact us today to discuss advertising options and elevate your brand to the next level. Contact us at brightbrainspod at gmail.com to secure your advertising spot on Bright Brains today. Again, that's brightbrains with a Z, pod, POD at gmail.com Now back to the podcast. Alright, that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us for another enlightening conversation here on Bright Brains. I hope you've gained valuable insights and inspiration to fuel your own bright ideas. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to like and subscribe, rate and and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform or however else you listen to this podcast. Also, we can be found on all major social media. Just type in Bright Brains with a Z. And remember, the brightest minds are those that never stop seeking knowledge.